Welcome back to Growth Colony. For those of you who are first time listeners, you'll be hearing from B2B founders, CMOs, and marketing leaders. We chat about the newest and most effective tools and strategies in the B2B space. I'm Alex Hipwell with Xgrowth, and your co-host for this podcast, where we go candid with our guest successes and failures, so you don't make the same mistakes. At least hopefully you don't. Let's dive in. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Growth Colony. I'm Shaheen with Xgrowth, and today I'm joined by Steve Sardellis, the CEO of Tebo, an IT company based right here in Melbourne, which uh, specializes in helping medium to large enterprises, which have their head office in Australia, uh, with virtualization and going remote and everything around that using Citrix technology. The reason that uh, we thought that this conversation is going to be very interesting is because Tiba and Steve position themselves as specialists in a market that is completely saturated with generalists, especially in the IT space. So today, I want to talk to Steve and, and really find out what was it that drove Tiba and the team to, to be more of a specialist and what has been the outcome of that. So on that note, let's just jump right in. Uh, Steve, thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Shaheen. Great to be here. No, absolute pleasure. Um, so, Steve, I did a quick intro there, but uh, for those who might not be familiar with Tiba and yourself, can you also give us a quick, uh, quick intro of of you and your background, and also Tiba? Yeah, fair enough, Shaheen. Um, my background is I've always been in IT. Started IT from a very young age. At some point in time, I was actually an IT instructor, uh, teaching Microsoft courses. And for those of you who have been in technology, have been around for a while things like Novell courses and some Citrix courses. Uh, eventually started my own business in the late 90s, and uh, that's now known as Tiba. As you said in the introduction, we basically specialize in a product called Citrix. And what we do is actually help our clients that are generally medium and large corporates to be able to give their users access to applications and data in a, in a centralized and secure way so that doesn't matter where they're working from. They could be working from remote offices. These days, it's very topical. They could be working from home. Uh, we have the technology to basically allow them to easily and securely log in, get access to all the resources, and just as importantly for IT to make sure that they can deliver that uh, without too much hassle. Right. Definitely. It's a very uh, topical uh, uh, thing right now and in a lot of people's and a lot of organizations' minds in terms of going remote and making sure that their uh, their remote system is uh, is is very secure but tiba was tiba from day 1 a specialist for citrix or was that was that a decision that uh, that you made somewhere in in the middle of the road yeah shahin we were anything but a specialist in citrix we have been doing citrix for the last 22 odd years that when we started the business we were basically everything to some people and when I say everything to some people, I mean that we used to do uh, small and medium-sized counting systems. We started doing CRM soon after. CRM started becoming very popular. Uh, we would do point-of-sale systems. We would do document management systems. And that was on top of all the general IT, which is supplying laptops, computers, servers, um, you know, setting up people's email, all internet links, etc. So we literally were a one-stop shop for small and medium business in the old days. And about 13 years ago, we decided to pivot. 
And the reason we decided to pivot is because, as you can imagine, if you're doing all those different products uh, for small to medium business, then you're having to keep up to date with a lot of different things in a lot of different areas. And we just found it uh, literally tiring to, to be experts in all of those areas. And as you can imagine, it's hard to be an expert in all areas. So we decided to slowly back out of some of those areas and we eventually landed on specializing with Citrix. If I could jump in, that's that's very interesting. And you know, a lot of people that I speak to or, or you hear here and there, there is a massive concern about specializing, especially in the B2B space, because everybody look at the, the plethora of options and they say to themselves, oh my God, if I specialize, I'm going to say no to all these other things. I'm going to lose so much revenue on all these, all these angles. How did you kind of overcome that? And it's a fallacy to, to, to a great extent because you know, specialization helps in, in so many different ways, even from a profit and, and revenue perspective. But you know, at, at start, a lot of people have that hesitation. How did you overcome that hesitation and say, you know what, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. We're going to specialize in Citrix. Yeah, look, it wasn't an overnight thing. So we didn't just stop doing all those other things overnight. We slowly phased them out. But the moment we actually decided that we were going to focus on something, I'm going to use the word focus instead of specialize, we were able to be clear what we were about. And when we were very clear what we were about, we were able to actually come up with our message to the market, as I'll call it. Or you're in marketing, you would probably call it um, positioning in the market. And by having our positioning clear, it was very easy to talk to clients, partners, prospective team members and say, this is what we do, this is how we do it, and this is who we do it for. And when we got that message clear, to our surprise, it, it actually allowed us to attract customers straight away. So for example, if I was talking to a, a, a partner company and said, well, we now do Citrix, we focus on organizations that are a few hundred to tens of thousands users, they have a head office in the Eastern Board of Australia, and they have multiple remote offices. Uh, that, that was our sort of niche starting when we when we um, decided to focus on Citrix. Invariably, the next thing we would hear would go, ah, oh, okay, if that's what you do, I've got a client that you can talk to. And it was really interesting because we were able to, to uh, put that message across clearly, then people could think clearly who our prospective customers could be. So once we started getting a little bit of success with that, what that meant is we could slowly let go of all the other things that we were doing, the point of sales, the CRMs, document management, et cetera. And so we phased those out over time and phase Citrix in over time. And because we had that clear message, the, another dynamic kicked in. All of a sudden, there were other companies out there that did not specialize in Citrix, obviously, but also just didn't have the, the desire to become even non-experts at Citrix because some of these products uh, require you to put in a lot of time and effort and, and training with your people and also have a lot of experience to be able to implement them, especially in the bigger end of town. So invariably, we were getting referred to other IT companies that said, well, we do all these other things. We kind of dabble in Citrix, but we don't really know what we're doing. Can you come and help us with our client that needs Citrix? And the interesting thing was because we weren't doing all the other things that they were doing, they didn't see us as competition. They, they actually saw us as a partner. So the specialization allowed us to build our partner business. And today, we do 40% of our work through other IT companies where they're Citrix arm effectively. Right. So, so that element of partnership all of a sudden became a lot more relevant. And 
and you stop, as you said, you stop being a comp- competition towards other IT companies. That's very interesting. If I could go back to one of the things that you mentioned was that you phased out some of the things that you were doing. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what did that journey look like? Was it, you know, was it, uh, it, within a short span of time, you turned to your existing clients who you were not doing uh, Citrix work for. Uh, you were saying that, look, we're going to stop doing work with you. Or how did that look like? Yeah, good question, Sahin. What it actually looked like was that we just stopped taking new clients for all those products and services. Any existing clients we had, we kept servicing them. And some of them we still service to this day. Right, So there are some clients that we've got from the old days that we're still servicing. We still procure you know, laptops from them for them, although it's very hard to get a laptop uh, right now with all the laptops sold out, everyone working home. And uh, uh, basically, we let nature take its course. So in other words, if we were still able to service that customer, we kept servicing them. If we felt that they had a better option in the marketplace, we actually actively let go of some of our customers and we found them other partners that they could work with, therefore allowing us to more and more focus. So again, it wasn't an overnight thing where we're saying, we don't do this anymore. We're going to ring all our customers and say, we can't service you anymore. In fact, we did the opposite. We just kept servicing them, but stopped adding that sort of customer. And some of the products we sold, I think at least 10 years later, we were still supporting. Yeah, it definitely wasn't an overnight thing. What it allowed us to do is put all our time and effort into promoting what we specialized in. And, and that was the, the, the key thing that it allowed us to do. When in that process, when you decided to start to specialize and, and focus on in one area, how did revenue look like? Was it, was it something that you, were, you, you noticed that there was like a dip in revenue, but like an increase in profitability in the early days? Or was everything business as usual? How did you know? How did that that effort of specialization impact the the P and L and and the financials of the business? Yeah, very interesting question. So what ended up happening is that our turnover increased dramatically. And when I say dramatically, at the time it didn't feel like dramatically, but if you go from something like two million to three million to five million to eight million, as a percentage, they're big jumps. Right. No, of course. And you know, if you, if you talk about companies, you know, adding fifty percent, adding a hundred and something percent year on year, you'd say that's a big jump. Believe it or not, we didn't see that such a big jump because we were just suddenly selling bigger deals that were more specialized. Instead of sending, selling to a smaller company, saying we'll do everything for you, including a little bit of Citrix, we were selling to bigger companies, saying we'll just do the Citrix, and those deals suddenly became a lot larger because we were specializing in that area. So. The way it hit our P&L and actually hit our, hit our um, balance sheet as well is that our, our gross profit increased in line with our turnover. And what that allowed us to do is to actually slowly add more resources that were specialist in the Citrix area. And over time, what happened as, as an organization is we slow, as we slowly transitioned out of doing the general stuff through natural attrition. There was even a time, you know, we all know what happened in 2008, 2009. We, we kind of got hit with, the, with that particular global financial crisis around 2010. There was a little bit of a lag for us. And that actually forced us to, to downsize at the time. And what I mean by downsize, we were forced to actually let go of a few people in sales and a few people in the technical area. But we were very specific about 
downsizing the things that we weren't doing anymore. And the, the people that uh, that went, that they were fine. We found them jobs. They're, they're happily working in other places now. We, we all still keep in touch. But it allowed us to transition out of those other areas that we, we didn't want to build anymore and actually focus on Citrix. So slowly our turnover, our gross profit has gone up. We chose to reinvest rather than taking that profit out of the company. And hence, that's allowed us after 12, 13 years to absolutely be honed on everything to do with Citrix. Very interesting. And um, and you mentioned on marketing side, there were certain benefits on, on there in terms of clarity. So how did... How did that change when you went for um, that, being laser focused on 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 that on Citrix? Yeah, Shahin, what it actually allowed us to do is is just um, literally be an inch wide and a mile deep, as the saying goes. So we doubled down on our capabilities, we doubled down on our knowledge, and uh, I'll mention my business partner Craig Stones. Uh, for anyone that's in the industry that knows about Citrix. They know that Craig is, is referred to as Mr. Citrix in the Southern Hemisphere. Now, this is, uh, this is not a title that Citrix has given him, but basically it's a title that everyone knows him by because he's crazy about Citrix. And Craig uh, has traditionally gone to all the conferences over in the US and, and more recently in recent years in, uh, in Asia. And up until now, and the conference for this year has been uh, obviously cancelled, He's landed in 29 conferences in a row in the US, just the US, forgetting all the regional ones. So what that means is, and I've been going to the conferences myself for the past uh, eight, nine years, uh, we are always up to date, not with the leading edge stuff, but really with the bleeding edge stuff that Citrix is, is up to. And Craig regularly gets invited to go and comment on products that are coming up. So, you know, he'll be shown things that are, that are still in development under under non-disclosure, of course, but he gets a really good knowledge of what's coming. And because we specialize, we also get a little bit of a say in what happens. So we're able to give companies like Citrix feedback on where their products are going and what we see in the marketplace. So a lot of times, you know, funny story, Craig will come back from the US, he'll have all this great knowledge and, uh, you know, be right up to date. And not even the local people at Citrix will have that knowledge yet. So <laughs> a lot of the time we're, we're sort of disseminating information out there to people working at Citrix and um, even you know, our customers and other partners who tend to be a little bit more up to date than everybody else in the industry. So that means when we are talking to a customer or a partner, we generally know what we're talking about. It puts us in good stead. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, clearly with uh, with Mr. Citrix on your side, it's it's uh, it's a bit hard to uh, to uh, take away that that specialization from the company as a whole. That's that's awesome. What about if again, if we go back in time, I think one of the challenges that a lot of people have is, okay, so I heard it here, there, everywhere that specialization is important. But how do I go about and deciding what to specialize in? There is just so many options. How did that look like for you? Was that something that you know you kind of looked at your talent and you said, you know what, we have some Citrix talent and we're going to specialize in this, uh, or there was through some other um, process that you you kind of decided and stick to specializing in Citrix? How that how did that process look like? 
Yeah, it was kind of twofold. Um, look, Mr. Citrix had something to do with it, but uh, we, we had a previous uh, person in our organisation in the sales area that was also extremely keen on Citrix. If, if there was an opportunity for him to talk about Citrix, he would. And so we, we were already in the game of, of uh, Citrix. And one of the other um, reasons we chose to specialise in something like Citrix is because it is difficult to do. There are a lot of implementations out there that go wrong. And it's, it's not due to the product. It's generally due to the knowledge and the design of the system, the knowledge of the people that are putting it together and, and the design of the system. So for us, it, having a high bar and it being difficult actually made it easier to make that decision because if you specialize in something that everyone is doing and it's easy, well, <laughs> you're going to have a lot of competition. If you specialize in something that's difficult and you put the effort in, then you have a lot less competition. And uh, uh, at this point in time, I think we're the only company in Australia that just specializes in Citrix. There's a few of our partners and uh, uh, competitors that also do Citrix, but we're, as far as I know, we're the only ones that just do Citrix as an organization. So putting those two things together, uh, having done it and having Mr. Citrix on board, and it being a, a difficult thing to do made our decision actually easier to specialize. That makes sense. Reg- uh, Steve, regarding partnerships, right? That was, that was another thing that you mentioned where 40% of your revenue comes from, from your partners, which means that you have a extremely strong ch- uh, partnership channel uh, that, uh, that facilitates the growth of Tiba. How did you go about setting up those partnerships? Was that something that came about, came about organically or was that something that you actively worked on and there was a strategy in place or, or it was just word of mouth spreading? Yeah, I wish I could tell you it was a plan. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't. <laughs> what actually happened um, going back about 10 years ago is that uh, uh, Citrix decided to consolidate their channel partners. In other words, they had too many partners out there that you know, may have procured once in, in two, three, four years, but they still had them on as a partner. And in any partnership model, you have to maintain your partners. You have to communicate to them, train them, ask them to certify, to keep up with some sort of level. And at least at the time, uh, Citrix, the organization, at least in Australia, felt that they had too many partners spread too thin. So what they did was they actually raised the bar to, be, to stay as a partner, and they also raised the bar in the different levels of partnership. What that meant was a lot of partners had to drop off. It just wasn't worth their time and effort to keep up with the certifications and the training to be able to sell and implement Citrix solutions. So what started happening as those companies started dropping off the list effectively is a few of the distributors in Australia said, well, these companies still have the occasional transaction to do with Citrix, right? What can we do to help them? And one of the distributors started saying, well, we know the guys at Tiba, they specialize in Citrix. We're going to refer these companies to the guys at Tiba and let Tiba do the Citrix for them and for their customers. So the partnership model was actually born out of necessity where other companies no longer had their Citrix certification weren't keeping their skills up to date, but had the occasional need. So we got a flurry of referrals over a couple of years of companies that simply said, yeah, we chose not to pursue it. It was too much trouble and we still need the occasional help. Can you help us? So that's how the channel was born and that's how we 
we built it up to 40% of our business. That's very interesting. And, and I mean, it's very obvious that specialization has paid um, for, for you and the team. Now, uh, I didn't tell you about some of the negatives of specialization. Let's do that. That's actually okay. a good one. So when you specialize uh, on a particular product or product suite, uh, yes, you get good at it. Yes, you're able to pick up work. Yes, you're able to work with uh, uh, people that may have been considered your uh, competitors in the past. But what that also means is if there's any downturn in that particular product or for some reason, just right now, companies aren't looking to do what you do, then automatically you'll have a downturn in business because you're held supporting and selling that one product. So we had a few occurrences of that happening where we had quiet patches over the years. So quiet patch is something like, you know, maybe two or three months, uh, our revenues were down more than 50%. Now, it wasn't a big issue, but we recovered out of those quiet patches every time. But what it made us realize is that we, we can do what we're doing with partners in reverse. And what that means is if we're partnering with another company that, say, does sell ERP software, okay, and we're providing the Citrix for their client and we're delivering the ERP software over Citrix, then there's nothing wrong. In fact, we found this is the right thing to do. When we're talking to our clients and they need ERP software, we now bring the partner in. So rather than letting the client go to market and try and find someone that uh, they're going to have to figure out what they, whether they can uh, work with them, trust them, et cetera, we now have the relationship with the client with, with regards to Citrix and we can refer other partners in. And what that's allowed us to do over time is actually start going for, for jobs and work and tenders that maybe have a Citrix component in them. And you know, the client may need infrastructure or cloud or whatever else they need with that Citrix. And instead of just bidding for the Citrix bit, we bring a partner in with us and we co-bid or we are the front bidders, as an example. So we've reversed the partnership model so that we're now able to derive revenue by bringing partners into our business. So we're doing the reverse. That's very interesting. So that, you know, if there is a dip in demand, do you still have these others, other sources of revenue coming in and, uh, and able to sustain the business? That's, that's very interesting. Now, Steve, if somebody was thinking today, you know, they want to they wanna start specializing and they want to go down that path, what advice would you give them? Where, where should they start and what, what would you say they should do? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I guess there's two schools of thought here. You could look to specialize in something that's been around for a long time. It, it's something that, uh, you know, embedded within clients. So there's an, there's an existing demand for it and go and fulfill that demand. Alternatively, there's a school of thought that says, well, maybe something new comes along and you become one of the first specialists in that area. And again, given the current scenario, I think both options are valid. So if uh, the world is changing and it's changing forever, so I say if something new comes along and you, you know, grab the bull by the horns, it could be an opportunity to pick a specialty and become dominant in that market. I'm sure you're familiar and, and, and some of the people listening might be familiar with the, the concept of blue oceans and red oceans. I think they came from the, the book Blue Ocean. So you may be, a, instead of playing in a field that there are a lot of players and you're competing, if you suddenly start playing in a field that's brand new and there's hardly any competition, then you create a blue ocean for yourself. And that is the ideal time to specialize because 
you're going to do one thing, you're going to do it really well, and you're just going to grow exponentially because you're the only one in town that can do it. No, very, very interesting. And that's, that's, uh, that's a good advice for, for somebody to start. Either look at existing market or look at some of the, some of the new upcoming trends that are in, the, in, this, in your space and, and pick that as a specialization. Thank you very much for that. Look, Steve, there was just so much insight that you shared over here. Um, and, and I am pretty much sure, pretty sure that it's a lot of our listeners have benefited from this and, and taking a lot of this insight and, and pondering on it. So, uh, look, thank you so much for, for joining us. I uh, really appreciate it. And, uh, and I definitely look forward to having you again on, uh, on the podcast. Thanks, Shaheen. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, Steve. You have a good day. Bye. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice. And for more B2B growth content, check out our website, growthcolony.org. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode. Have a great day.